Once again, it's time for the program that uh, contains no commercials, no jingles, has absolutely no talent, and of course, no agenda. Coming to you from a snow-covered Britain in the Curry Manor. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak in a less than snow-covered, actually warm, Northern California. Uh, snow? You have snow? Yeah, we had. We woke up this morning to a blanket of snow. It's uh, all across Western Europe and the United Kingdom. It's, it's almost April, and here we are. We got snow. Wow. Yeah, you can say that again. Well, no, it's been hot last week, this last week. In fact, I had to put the... T- we have a little Miata. I had, it was so hot, I had to put the top down. <laughs> Am I supposed to feel uh, happy, sad? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a, it's a struggle. Oh, yeah, so, oh, to put the... Because it's not an electric top, you mean. It's actual work. Is that what you're saying? You have to get out and put it down and get back in. You know? <laughs> uh, we had to dig out our snow boots from the closet. That's what we were doing. It's unbelievable. We had, boy, we had almost spring. Oh, we thought we had an early spring in February. My garden, by the way, is in full bloom. I have a, I'm very particular about our backyard. It's a real proper English garden. And now everything's covered with snow. And I don't know if everything will survive it. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, well. So... Last week, John, we, uh, what did we did we do the show on uh, on Saturday, right? Last week, so it's Sunday today. Yeah, and uh, so we were probably still basking in the glory of another fine program shoved out the wires through the tubes known as the interwebs when the Federal Reserve was making deals, <laughs> cutting all kinds of corners in secret on a Sunday. To save, uh, well, not to save Bear Stearns, but to, uh, I guess, to help out J.P. Morgan, or I don't know, man. This, this this actually blew me away. This is unprecedented. Seems like corruption of some sort. Uh, no, I think it's punishment, actually. I know a lot of the guys over at Bear Stearns, or I guess I did know a lot of the guys over at Bear Stearns. And they're kind of a... Um, they're kind of a maverick. You know, they, they also didn't help bail out some other banks about, uh, I think it's maybe about nine or ten years ago. I, I mean, look, obviously the government could have put the $30 billion into Bear Stearns. That would have worked. But no, they gave it to J.P. Morgan Chase so that they could then use that as a security for buying Bear Stearns. So I, I think it's punishment. It's like, all right, you guys, screw you. Well, you we're, we're not bailing you out. I like it. I like the theory. The thing that bugs me the most about the Bear Stearns story is besides the fact that uh, uh, Jim Cramer said not to get out of Bear. Even <laughs> I, though he I know six, six days the- before, right? He was yelling, everything is fine at Bear Stearns. And uh, is that you look at the the chart, I think at Bear Stearns it sometimes was one, maybe $160 a share, and then it was $60 a share when Kramer was telling people not to worry about it. And uh, now it was two, last, last time when it hit bottom, I guess around two. I'm thinking, what a fan, I mean, this is a short, you know, or a put or a short that that would, for with very little money, would have made anyone an instant millionaire. millionaire. Absolutely. Yeah. Although, um, it's not trading at $2. It's actually trading at, I think, 7 or 8 bucks. And the only... Oh, that would have been a good buy down at the bottom then. It didn't actually... I don't think it actually went to $2, John. That was the... That's the I purchase price. Really? It went all the way down to 2 I thought it was hovering around 7 My, or 8 I think in this bad day, I think it bounced off a 2 mm. I'd have to look it up. But, but, but that, it was down there. But that purchase includes the building 
Which, hey, by the way, I wouldn't mind buying the building for $230 million. It's worth like $1.2 billion. It's, it's amazing that the real estate is tied up in the package. Huh. Yeah, huh. I'm telling you, this was a, someone got slapped. And actually, I think it's pretty good because considering that most of these fund managers and bankers, you know, they actually got paid on the deal, right? So they, they lost all this money or the, the money that they uh, were trading with was based on bad debt. But every single time they do a trade, they make money anyway. And so now they actually got punished because all the shareholders, of course, are completely screwed on this deal. So I, I, I'm, I'm sticking with the theory it was, uh, it was a fuck you from the, from the Fed and, of course, the other banks who were all part of the... It's a mysterious organization known as the Federal Reserve. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, the economy is just about to go into the tank. But luckily, well, yeah, big time. You know, we're doing a good job of of, of, of rigging the books. <laughs> well, not we're not really rigging. They're really trying to stop it. But you know, there's just there's no confidence. No one believes anyone has any money. You know, and now. Yeah, uh, the, the games are being played that you and I aren't in, but I'm sure they're fun to watch from the sideline. You know, rumors come out. It's like, oh, HBOS is out of funny. Oh, you know, J.P. Morgan, they're going to buy it, but they're going to buy Bear, but they're actually running into trouble themselves. And You know what bothers me more than anything else is the fact that the Canadian dollars more valuable than the U.S. dollar. <laughs> by, by a nice margin these days, I believe, as well, huh? Well, no, I think it's, well, I mean, it's always been, you know, it was 75 cents just a few years ago. Now it's like, I think it's just over a dollar, but it's, uh, the Canadians are getting the biggest kick out of it. Of course, it ruins a lot of gags that comics like to use. Yeah, we can't, we, we can't tell any more good jokes about our northern, northernly neighbors. Right. You know, and they're gloating. <laughs> Although I have to say, you know, one of them reminded me sometime back that this was the same situation around 1977, uh, or or maybe it was 72 or something like that, when the uh, when we were in the Vietnam War, the Canadian dollar became as valuable as the U.S. dollar. So, hmm. seems to have something to do with the war. And speaking of the war, um, we got a voicemail comment, which is short. I wanted to play for you because apparently we missed something really big in the news. Okay. Hi, Adam. Eric from Portland here. I just finished listening to uh, New Agenda, and you and John um, were duped. The story isn't Spitzer. Okay, on Tuesday, William Fox Fallon, Admiral William, CENTCOM commander, was forced to resign. On Wednesday, Spitzer announces his resignation. This is like General MacArthur saying, I don't want to invade Japan and resigning. But nobody's talking about Fox Fallon resigning because of the salacious details in the Spitzer story. And you even got sucked into it. If those two things aren't related, if the timing's not related, I, I just, I just can't, can't believe it. But uh, I thought I'd point that out, and uh, maybe you can take that up on No Agenda. Interesting theory, huh? Well, you know, there's there's no doubt that we're duped on a day-to-day basis. I think uh, the general public is, uh, journalists are, uh, observers like ourselves. Uh, so it's quite likely that we were duped, in fact. And I don't uh, ever deny being duped. I get duped a lot. <laughs> Even by your own wife? She, when was this? Oh, d- <laughs> the, doesn't the wife always dupe us all the time, dude? And it, oh, like, well, ye- yeah, but yesterday, I was, we were supposed to do a show, and I was like, grocery shopping. Come on, talk about being duped. Yeah, well, you know, I actually would prefer doing grocery shopping to this show, but that's oh, another story. Oh, oh, that hurts. <laughs> God damn, that hurts. I like to shop. <laughs> that's right. I forgot that about you. You do like to shop. 
I'm not a big shopper. So they, my my son is uh, down here looking around for he needed to get a jacket, and uh, wanted to go to a bunch of used clothing stores because he's a, he's a he's a tall but thin, and uh, he had to find something that fits. So they were going to go sh- shopping in San Francisco to cut a bunch of these vintage places, and there's a lot of them in right. San Francisco, and, the, and they have some of them have amazing product, and uh, so he goes and they said, "Do you want to come?" My wife asked me, and then she says, "Wait, wait, nope, nope." No, it'll make it'll make my son nervous with me around, and I realize really? that even though I do like to shop, I don't shop like a girl. Uh, I, I essentially <laughs> power mean? shop. I uh, I'm boom, boom, I get boom, in, get and I get me. out, and yeah, I in and out. try to hit as much stuff as I can as fast as I can. Yeah. <laughs> now this you was know, women when they shop. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but when, women when they shop, you, if you've been shopping with them, especially for clothes, my God, you might as well shoot yourself. They look <laughs> at everything. They look at all the prices, and they, they try a million they things do. on, and they don't buy anything. And they're just so slow and boring shoppers. It's just horrible. Well, unfortunately, this was nothing as exciting as that. This was like the the toilet paper, the paper towel, the uh, you know that kind of <laughs> run. I hate those runs, man. Everything is heavy, except for the paper towels, obviously. Everything is heavy. You know, it's like... Get the orange juice, get the milk. I mean, it's heavy, heavy stuff. I said, I don't it's not like that it. heavy, for God's sake. And by the way, when we shop for uh, toilet paper, paper towels out here on the West Coast, it's, of course, you always buy all that stuff at Costco. So you buy like, these huge packages of like, yeah, you know, that's 50 what I mean. Roll. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing. You still got to do that monthly run, right? You got to do the big one. We don't crap that much. <laughs> I'm so full of shit, I need lots of toilet paper. <laughs> I got it all over the place. <laughs> oh, man. You know, every few months, maybe. You know, yesterday we were, uh, we were supposed... Actually, John called, and I was I'd gotten a little confused by the time changes. I love this, where America is the only country in the world that springs forward into daylight savings time before the rest of the world. Two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm a little confused about the time, but actually we were doing something up here uh, in the attic, which uh, doesn't occur very often. Uh, Patricia had come to me and she said, you know, I want to do, you know, she's doing that Holland's Got Talent thing I told you about, the the, the Dutch version of the, the, the reality kind of format judging show. Mm-hmm. She's a judge? Yeah, she's a judge. And so cool. she knows the host of the show. We've known the host of the show for a long, long time. And he's kind of a flamboyant, very successful uh, singer. And, uh, so they're going to do, they're going to do a a song together during one of these live shows, which come up further in May. She said, you know, I've got this great idea. We talked about this last week. Um, she wants to do kind of like a, uh, Martha and the Reeves, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, uh, and wham, you know, wake me up before you go, go and heat wave kind of that type of vibe. And, and, and it doesn't happen very often. I mean, we've been together 22 years. She says, uh, would you help me put together a demo? I'm like, but I'm not really a musician. <laughs> hey, you can program that shit all in MIDI on the computer. So that we were, you know, up until all hours of the night last night doing this thing. <clears throat> you want to hear a piece? Uh, yeah, I think so. But don't play too much because it violates no, no, no. our rules. Oh, what? Uh, having no agenda? Oh, no music, you mean? It's, believe me, it's not music, okay? It's a demo. <laughs> it doesn't count as music. <laughs> yeah, oh. I'll play a little piece for you just so you get the idea. Go. Yeah. I'll give you one little chorus. Oh, I forgot to mention it's in Dutch. Blues haze. Blues haze. 
It's kind of a Motown sound, huh? You just want to show off the fact that your wife has a voice. <laughs> I wanted to show off the fact that I actually played a bass line on the computer without having any talent. Yeah, well, you can do a lot on the computer nowadays with all this. So you can get drums and all kinds of cool no things. No kidding. There's a lot Was it Logic Studio that uh, you can buy for Apple? And I've never really cracked the box, but man, oh man, it's amazing what you can do with that program. That's why you're up all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if I'm not if I'm not making Motown music, I'm worrying about the rest of the world. That's what I'm doing, my friends. I'm killing ants. <laughs> Big story over here, John. Did you see this thing about form? P H O R M. No. Oh, this is a really big story. Um, it's a comp. It's a company that delivers a service. I think it's a, it comes in the form of a a server or a box that you install to ISPs. And what it does is it injects advertising into web pages that pass through it. So basically, <laughs> so and uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, isn't it great? So you have uh, Virgin Media, Talk Talk, uh, BT. You know, basically eighty or ninety percent of the internet service providers here in the UK have now all signed up to this program, and it's opt out. Okay, so and even if even if you opt out, it's still all going through this. I guess you know, like a proxy server that these guys install, and um, and they install a cookie uh, on your machine or on your web browser, I guess. Yeah, which is technically on your machine, and um, and then they'll replace irrelevant ads with relevant ads, and <laughs> and it's kind of up and in yeah, the of air. They determine what's relevant. <laughs> well, of course. Well, they're tracking you. That's why they have all this relevancy. And so there's there's basically two sides that are, I probably the way what I the way I read it was oh great you know they're going to take a a random web page and just insert a different standard IAB size banner uh, I think it's only for sites that participate but of course every ad network everyone will participate um, and but it's the privacy guys of course that are that are really up in arms about this because you know it's going through their their box you know and oh we're not storing it we're not storing any of your data you're you can't be connected to your actual data it's unbelievable lies yeah and uh, and I've been getting a lot of calls about uh, people who have um, left their torrent you know, BitTorrent servers on all night only to wake up the next day and find out that their ISP had cut them off because someone had uh, contacted the ISP and given them their IP address. So there's, com- there's was it EAB, I think? There's a company out there now that does this. Hmm. <laughs> it's like... Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if we already knew our phones were being tapped, but this is, now it's getting pretty pretty heavy, man, injecting advertising. Could they just inject a different voice so that you would sound female instead of what you have now? That would be nice. Hi. Actually, they can make me sound female with, you know, when you use um, Audacity, you know, there's that pitch thing is quite powerful. I got one of those. I could probably do that on the fly. Yeah, you probably could. I probably, I would probably blow up the, uh, blow everything up as I usually do when I try and be cool on the technical side. Yeah. Yeah, you do. So I uh, so let's see. Oh, the, the news out here is the, of course the uh, the the battles heating up between Obama and Hillary. Right. More distraction. But the, but the funny thing is, and that's kind of be. I, I was coming to this conclusion. I actually wrote a note down on this because I wanted to discuss it a little bit. Which is the uh, the way political people in this country uh, either isolate themselves or they actually do their due diligence. And it turns out that the Democrats seem to be the ones who do the isolation. And I only say that because in the office, and this has happened a couple of times, I mentioned, I listen to Rush Limbaugh. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I listened to him because for a number of reasons. Once he's, a, he's got 15 million listeners. He's one of the most popular radio people ever. And so you can learn from him just that alone. But the I other agree. thing is you can, it's like doing due diligence. If you're a Democrat and you wanted to see what the Republicans were up to, you'd want to listen to this guy. But if you talk to a Democrat about it, they always say the same thing. How can you listen to that guy? I can't stand him, and they won't even listen. Well, if they, how do they know they can't stand him? Sometimes he's got some really good stuff, really valid. Well, the thing he's doing now is called Operation Chaos. <laughs> okay, the, all right. That's now I remember why I don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Operation Chaos is in play, and it's it, the idea is that if there's a primary coming up, he wants you as a Republican to eschew your republicanism get a democrat ballot which you can do in primaries and vote for hillary huh why because he's so pissed off with mccain being the uh the, the no no he, he no he thinks hillary's more beatable oh okay gotcha and he, uh, but, but more importantly he doesn't really care which of the two the th- this, i'll give you the theory he doesn't care which of the two run as long as this 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 election stays in abeyance so you don't know who's going to win so they start sniping at each other to such a point that the republican will just sneak in up yeah. the gut as it were yeah. while these two people bicker because it's fairly well known that the sooner you get that over with, the better off you are for the general election. Well, it's divide and conquer, right? Isn't that the, the basic principle? Yeah, yeah, essentially. So anyway, so he's doing this Operation Chaos, and I was thinking about a couple of things. One, none of the Democrat, my Democratic friends, none of them know that this is going on. Uh, and uh, and then the ones who do know that it's going are all up in arms about it. Huh. It's like it's the world's, you know, it's horrible. That even though it turns out that Limbaugh got the idea from a Democrat who pulled it off in a small scale someplace years ago. And uh, meanwhile, of course, nobody's listening to this guy anyway, so they're completely clueless. And I always thought the Republicans are more interested because I listen to, like, I like to listen to uh, Limbaugh. I'll listen to uh, this other guy, Michael Savage, who's really entertaining. Yeah. And then I'll listen to Air America if I get a shot at it. I listen to John Stewart. I, I try to listen to all sides of everything and you get a you get a pretty well run i just don't take a bigoted approach where i said i won't listen to that guy how can you listen people say this how can you listen to him well that's the same people that who who can actually say i hate republicans or i hate democrats i mean what kind of language is that i hate red states i hate blue states this is this is our common language and you know it's crap is what it is I agree. And but anyway, back to Operation Chaos, I came to the conclusion, I was thinking about this yesterday, uh, came to the conclusion that he, he, setting up Operation Chaos and making it, you know, waving your arms a lot about which I'm, I was thinking it's probably not having, it's probably having zero effect. I mean, I don't even think, now I think most Republicans wouldn't go through the trouble of voting for Hillary. I'm sure a few do, but it's not enough to really sway the election, but it's enough to, to freak out. You know, it's almost like psych, a psych game, a head game on the Democrats that he appears to be doing this, whether he is or not. Well, But this is, he's just latching onto something that already existed. I mean, I'm reading everywhere, Hillary, closet Republican, you know, isn't he just kind of sneaking in on something that's already been out there? Maybe. Mm. All I know is that the election is becoming a laugh riot. Did you see um, Obama's speech? Well, here's the other thing that's interesting about it. Yeah, I did. And here's the other thing that's interesting about Obama. Another thing the Democrats don't get. They have no idea how much the Republicans are, are, are experimenting with how to hound this guy over this Reverend Wright. Mm-hmm. 
in fact, if you talk to most of them, I would include my son in this, who's a, obviously he's one goes to Evergreen College, and he's a college kid. He's not going to be a Republican, uh, <laughs> and he. Uh, <laughs> He's okay. not even, he said, well, it's not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. These guys have, none of these people, since nobody listens to these shows, have any idea how much they're just working this in the background. Of course and, they are. It's a, it's a perfect it, opportunity to be met. They're tweaking all the time. Yeah, they're constantly tweaking. And I think he's got a real problem with this, this character. And especially when more, you know, there's two things I think are going to come out more about this right if it's Obama and then Hillary I keep hearing these stories about how horrible she is as a interpersonal relationships with the secret service hmm. you know she screeches a lot apparently but there's somebody <laughs> has to have a tape of this that they're they're sitting on of her blowing of her up. just going off and, and going ballistic what, what's her problem she doesn't like the secret service or they won't get her she's, hot well, chick? It seemed, she's just apparently bossy and 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 profane she, you know she uh, <laughs> cusses like a truck driver she doesn't look and, like it at all john that's funny <laughs> she she cusses like a truck driver and is extremely uh she's just mean and um yeah i buy that somebody has to have a tape of this that i just don't believe you know if all these stories are true that somebody or somebody like half a dozen people haven't secretly taped her screaming at him so that's the next thing the uh well, the Republicans might try uh, try that to shake it up a bit. You know, let's not mess, oh, let's be, mess, I think that, mess with Clinton. I think they're going to save that for the general election, though, if they have it. <laughs> oh man! No sooner had we agreed uh, that your that your theory was that it would be Clinton with uh, Barack Obama as a VP, than did the Clintons actually start to kind of message that. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it's rigged. I still, it, it may happen that way. You certainly called McCain, man. And by the way, it's not too late to all get behind Ron Paul if you're looking at, uh, <laughs> if you're looking at what's going on with the Federal Reserve. That's one of the things he wants to bust up. You know, those guys that are taking your money, stealing it from you, printing it and giving it to themselves, those guys. Uh, how do we funny. do that? How do we make the, the general public understand that they're being, that they're being, it's just people are stealing from them. <laughs> I think they just assume that's happening. I don't think that you're going to inform anybody. I think they've always... Just, in fact, they probably think they're being ripped off more than they actually are. Well, just in, the, in this past weekend, three people from my immediate friends and family circle have contacted me. All three of them um, were in some form of financial crisis. Um, and, mm. and it's all directly relatable to... Uh, high adjustable rate mortgages on short term, um, you know, no ability to refinance, house prices, house prices coming down. None of them, by the way, in the United States, all Europe. You know, it's uh, it's really happening. It's amazing to me how uh, the Americans have managed to screw up the Europeans with this with this scam. Well, I thought the, those guys had some brains, and the guy UBS, the head of the you know one of the big Swiss banks, yeah, you know he's like they're in trouble. I mean, how does a Swiss bank make this mistake? I thought well, they were pretty conservative. Well, it's real, it's real easy because you know there's derivatives trading going on all the time, billions of dollars a day, and it's all you know based on three levels deep of look, I've got this bond from that guy, and it's backed by that guy's this thing. And uh, so here's my position, and I'll trade that with you for some uh, for some Swiss francs, and we'll blow out some euros, and give me some dollars, and you got any oil? 
And when, you know, when one guy starts to unwind in, in that whole process, it's like a chain. So everyone's involved in it. I mean, who do you think the UBS is trading with? You know, with uh, they're not only trading with Asia, they're trading with the U.S. So that's how they're affected. Well, I find it amusing. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and they had run on some runs on the banks, I guess, in Britain and elsewhere. We haven't had that yet. No, the run on the bank was Northern Rock. That hasn't happened since. So that was, uh, was that January or just before okay. the new year? Um, what, what Northern Rock is doing now and what the people are complaining about is they're offering these amazing savings account deals, which is you know higher than any competitor can offer in the marketplace, obviously, because they're safe, right? They're owned by the government. So they, you know, they got this 6.5, 6.7% interest rate. Really? So yeah. what's the name of this bank again? We could invest in, those, <laughs> yeah. in that bank in the United States. Yes, Northern Rock. There you go. It would be a Although perfect I, idea. I'm not sure how much longer the dollar is going to keep sliding. At some point, yes, yeah, it's, it's a cycle, even though it's you know caused by various things. But it can go come go up and down. Yeah, it can, but it you know, it has to go down a little bit in the next few months because of all this money that's being printed. It's inflate. It's just it's obvious. You know, it's like you you can't just flood the market with more money and not expect the dollar to go down. So it has to drop a few more points. Or basis points or whatever. Mm. Really, well, it's, it, I I, th I think we could we could actually see um, a two dollar euro. <laughs> you mean a two euro? Uh, yeah, two uh, yeah two dollar euro. Crap! Could you? That would be like the pound. Be oh, horrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, you watch. We'll we'll see. We'll see all kinds of things happen. We didn't talk about uh, uh, about Fallon though. About him quitting. He's from the Central Command. Yeah, well, we didn't. No, but I think that's interesting. He 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 was the guy in charge. He took over from. Uh, was it? Uh, crap, I forget his name. But he, he was, wasn't he like given a? What didn't he find himself in a situation where he became a figurehead? Uh, and so he just got sick of it and quit. Well, I guess that's one. That's one story. But isn't it coincidence that he quits one day before the uh, before Spitzer resigns in the midst of the whole Spitzer deal? Yeah, and I think that's great. It's amazing that that could be. I, you know, I I find it hard to believe that that could actually be manipulated. Well, what is the problem, by the way, with uh, with the United States and the United? Well, the United Kingdom has a different problem with it. But in most countries in the world, this is just not that important. If I, and by the way, I'm pretty sure if, if I got caught, my wife would say, well, at least they were expensive hookers. Yeah, I know. But you weren't an attorney general who was a hard on, harsh on crime and, and used to you know, be a pontificate about, you know, about it. Uh, it. There's a big difference, I think, of some guy. I mean, if the guy was just like, like a slacker, you know, and he didn't have all the, this background, all this baggage of being a, 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 you know, a do-gooder, a, a lawman, as it were, I don't think this would have been much, much to it. It would have blown over. Right. But I, I think I'm going one level, deep, one level deeper. Why? Why is the actual act of prostitution such a big deal in the United States and the United Kingdom? Because it's against the law? Well, yeah, but why is it against the law? It's not against the law in every country in the world, John. You know, wake-up call. <laughs> well, it's not against the law in Nevada either. Um well, I don't know. I think that, you know, if it's just everyone would say it's just a Puritan background and, you know, it's just one of those things you make up to you put these these kind of systems together and you, and you kind of stick with it as best you can. And then when somebody, you know, 
takes an, an opposite approach where they say, well, it's, you know, prostitution is legal every place else. Why can't we have it here? Um, it, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. But it's, it's like hypocritical. I mean, the best porn in the world comes from America, of course. I think, I think actually most of it's served out of Canada, to be honest about it. Oh, but all the women are from America, dude. They're all hot. They're all hot L.A. babes. They're all hot. When you, you do the same thing. You, when you see, you, know, you run into a porn site. Yeah. And I think Which happens from time to time, yes. It happens a lot. And so you look, run into a porn site and you look and you look and you look. And you go, but when you look, it's like most of it is repetitive. It's kind of redundant. But the one thing you notice is how many women are having their picture taken in these situations? I mean, <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands. Where are these girls? And how come they're not here with I me? <laughs> I never. I don't remember them in high school. Uh, I mean, we're talking. I mean, it's like it's well, endless. It's but I also have. Maybe, also have. You know, John. I also want to tell you that uh, having sex, casual sex, is also very different than from you and I were when we were youngsters. It, it's really changed. Kids have a very different attitude about it these days. Yeah, but does the attitude include having your picture taken while you're doing it? Is it some sort of mark of, of you know, honor? I mean, I don't get it. And it's always well, the girls, by the way. The guys rarely have their picture taken. They have more sense. Well, there's, <laughs> there's no market for naked guys. Okay, yeah, but there is. But you got to be a, a particular type of naked guy. Just regular guys like us. No market for us naked. Um, no, but that's true. I agree with that. But how come, you know, there's a lot of fat chicks that are having their picture taken naked and they're showing off and smiling. Because how there's a market for it. There's a huge, there's a huge market for fat kids. Chicks. Smiling. Yeah, there's a huge market for that. That That's really, really big. It's, um, you know, there's a couple things going on. One is easy money. No doubt about it. It's just the easiest money to make. I, I mean, I'm just saying that without actually being a woman and being in that situation. Of course, there's all kinds of bad stuff that goes on with porn. But also, look at the number of porn stars who have gone on to be, quote unquote, successful media stars. It's a way in, out of, dude. Out of 10,000, how many? Well, certainly 10, but I'm, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's a way in. I mean, uh, over here in the UK, page three girls, you know, Jordan, one of the most photographed and very successful, uh, now she's a model, started just by basically being on page three with her, with her boobs hanging out. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, uh, so I, I think part of that, you know, that's an extended piece of show business. But still, I mean, all it just—it's so weird. It's I mean, just, definitely show business. Hey, I love being in show business, man. There's nothing like being in the business of entertaining people when there's a recession or even a depression happening. That's the best time because everyone's pissed off, angry, and it's so easy to play into that because all people. Well, actually, I'm sorry, but yeah, people in show business, restaurant business, and uh, writing tend to do well. Yeah. They don't tend to do well, but they tend to get through depressions. I think, no, I've always done very well because people are, um, I can't, I would love to do a live radio show now, like a, a live, you know, with people being able to call in because people are upset, you know, it's great. There's emotions flowing. When everyone's happy and having a good time and partying, they, they don't want to listen to the radio. They don't want to listen to a podcast when they're upset and when they want to have their lives enlightened. And hear that it's, I think people, what do you think people listen to this podcast for? I think they do. I think they listen to it in the car while they're driving to work. We have uh, a lot of dedicated fans. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and and the number of dedicated fans is consistent. We have a, a, a good organic growth. Um, I don't know why. Uh, people say they get hooked on it. I, I I think it's just because they're listening to two guys 
talk who. I think this eavesdropping. Yeah, it's an eavesdropping thing. That's part of it. I think they learn something. For instance, if I were to say to you, John, you're the right guy to ask, what the hell is the deal with Tibet? <laughs> what the, I mean, what is going on with Tibet? Please explain this to me. This country, how many people live in this country? In Tibet? Yeah, 300,000. That's a good question. I'd have to look it up on uh, Wikipedia. Well, which, of course, is the God's honest truth. But why? <laughs> why? I mean, what is, obviously, no one likes seeing monks getting bashed over the head. That's, that's okay, I get that, right? That's messed up. But is this like a Taiwan situation where China actually annexed them and then, you know, like Taiwan said, no way, we're our own little island here. I mean, what you is, know, it has, it has a lot to do with the fact that the Dalai Lama in whatever iteration he's in, mm-hmm. uh, got thrown out of the uh, country, essentially by the Chinese, and you know, is subject to arrest. Uh, and I think that's pretty much where it's just a religious thing more than anything. I mean, that's now I'm going to get I, no, I don't want any email from anybody. Well, okay, well Berkeley, this is the whole got point. Science we, hanging <laughs> over the freeway, free Tibet, free Tibet. They're telling me to free Tibet. What am I supposed to do but about it? But that's my point. Berkeley, what is God going sake. on with Tibet? I mean, Richard Gere hangs out with the Dalai Lama. I mean, what, what's going on? Wait, let me just Google this. What is the... Hey, let's try it. Deal. Is what is the deal, deal with <laughs> Tibet? Let's see what we come up with. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, I misspelled the... Okay. Uh, oh, what, here, top hit. Here we go. Answers.yahoo.com. Okay. Let's check it out. What is the deal oh, with yeah, Tibet? Oh, yeah. There's, there's a source of good <laughs> here it information. Is. Here it is. The question was... This is your internet at work. What is the deal with Tibet? Did China overthrow them? Or has it always been a part of China? Is it boycott the Olympics? Huh? Tibet is to China as Taiwan is to China. That's the first answer. Both are independent and would rather be left alone. No, that's not even close to being accurate. Taiwan has always been a part of China. Not according to the Taiwanese. Uh, It was for most of the... It was for most of for a while. I think before... I mean, if you go back far enough, it, the island, I think, was, I don't know, well, again, you know, I used to know this stuff when I used to go back and forth a lot, but I haven't been to China or Taiwan for a while. But as far as I know, of course, again, I'm going to get some, yeah, I, I don't want to get into this because there's so many people out there with a political agenda regarding. Well, both, but, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed, a John. Email. Yeah, but I'm a little disappointed. Forget the emails, okay? So you don't know is the answer. That's okay. I don't know either, but it's like this place. Let me just see. How big is it? First of all, it's up really high, 16,000 feet. So no one wants to live there in the first place. You can't breathe. There's no air. <laughs> yeah, referred to as the roof of the... I'm looking at Wikipedia now, the roof of the world. It doesn't say how many people live there. I just don't understand it. I mean, it, it has to be that... I guess they're just trying to... It, it must be a boycott the Olympics, Chinese or bad. Well, I, you know, a lot bad. of this has to do with the Olympics. They're trying to, everybody's trying to embarrass China right now because, you know, they, they have a bone to pick. They've gotten nowhere before and now they got this Olympics thing and China's banking on it to prove that they're cool. Right. But, but then why did we agree are, to let them have it? Let, let them have the Olympics. They blame the Olympic committee, not me. I didn't agree. Um, right. I wasn't voting. So I wasn't p- asked. <laughs> So it's all about money. The whole Olympics is all about cash, man. But anyway, give them your email address, Adam, so the so the free Tibet folks can send yes. you. Uh, yes, it's John at Dvorak dot hey, hey, hey. slash blog <laughs> Ltd Inc. 
<laughs> a Delaware corporation. Yeah, I knew you're chicken. The Wikipedia page is so this John, it's like there's more information on this page. It it, it goes on for like I I'm, I'm I've been scrolling for the past 2 minutes here. What does that have to do with tell me it's something with oil or something, man. There's got there's got to be something more important than just turf. Well, I guess there's nothing more important important than no, turf. No, I think that they just don't like the Chinese. Here we go. Oh, there's a couple million. Six million. Okay. I'm sorry. Six million. Okay. Six million. All right. That's not that. That's that's significant. Hmm. All right. So I don't know. I just thought you'd know what the hell is going on. <laughs> uh, no. I, all I know is that they want me to free Tibet when I drive under the freeway overpass, and I got nothing to do with it. How can we help for, to, Tibet to be free? What do we do? Boycott the Olympics? Is that it? Don't watch? Well, you know, the thing that gets me is that there's, you know, Tibet is a very spiritual country and they're, you know, they believe in all kinds of different things. And it seems to me, and I would say this was with, with the, especially with the meditators out there, if they, why don't they just uh, kind of will it to happen because they have all these, you know, these meditative skills and spiritual, you know, connections <laughs> to the outside world. Why don't they just will China out of existence? Yeah. <clears throat> Gee, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, they can do this. You're going to get some. Reminds me of the of the of, you know. I drive around. You drive around Berkeley. It's a psychic fair, and it has <laughs> the. A, I'm thinking, you know, if everybody's so psychic, why would they have to put a sign up? Yeah, go bet on the lotto. You're done. You don't have to do you know, anything. Psychic fair. Yeah. Well, anyway. did you know I was? You know, I always want to go in, and I want to expect everyone to know I was coming. You know, and I never get that. That was the German uh, psychic fair. I just took you to. Yeah. Hey, uh, big revelation, man. Big, big, big revelation. What? No, you couldn't hear it. Uh, well, I know I could hear it, but it's something about Steve Case and this guy who sounded like he was just let out of the uh, insane asylum. He was, he was laughing. He was listening to the conversation where I said that I thought Steve Case was in Flock of Seagulls. Oh, <laughs> that is pretty funny. I guess he's not. I was so I sure. I was so <laughs> sure. It made made so much sense for yeah, being Flock you. of Seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a list that I wrote yesterday morning because we were supposed to do the show yesterday, and I've already forgotten what these topics are about, but I should read it. Oh, oh and maybe an, it another John C. Dvorak list, everybody. I'll see if I can decipher it. Here we go. Okay. Well, this one here I do remember. Wave Auto Dish Washing Gel. Wave Auto Dish Washing Gel. Hmm. Okay. So, um... A number of months back, Costco had there's this there's this product called Wave, and it's a well, biodegradable, ultra organic, you know, dishwashing gel as uh. opposed to Electrosol. And uh, so you use this stuff. It, it this stuff, then they were selling it for next to nothing. So I bought a bunch of it because it was like three three of them for a dollar or something. <laughs> and then they also had the they also had the Wave clothes clothes wa washing detergent so i use the dishwashing gel it won't take anything off of a dish uh, <laughs> it's not well, because it's environmentally friendly twice as expensive and half as effective it's perfect it doesn't do anything but the the, the clothes wash, washing stuff is good uh -huh. but you know what you what know, do you use is what do you, what do you use 
for the for, dishwashing? Yeah, I, I'd like to know dishwashing and then for the clothes. Dishwashing first. Well, for uh, well, the, the dishwashing, I use uh, um, Electrosol. Uh, I, I try to use the liquid, but because I don't just don't. What's, the, the what's Electrosol? Is that the, a brand name or is that a type of? Yeah, yeah, it's a brand name. Oh, okay. Uh, and there's another name. It, it doesn't make any, any of the good ones, uh, but I think it's Electrosol is the one I use. I the like most. those little uh, little pillows that they have now. You you just put that in. It's like it. Yeah, I don't like those. Well, I love um, those. Those work great. Yeah, it just seems like a hokey idea. You're more powder, anyway, you're a powder guy. For people who can't measure, I guess. Now, for a dishwashing, years and years ago, I went and gave a speech uh, to some group, uh, and it, it was either Colgate, Paul Olive, or Procter & Gamble people. And um, I got into a discussion with these guys about detergents. And the guys made it very clear to me that what happened with all these environmental laws that passed it took the phosphates out of, if you remember, uh-huh. out of detergents uh, because it was making too much weird stuff grow in the water. Um, once those were removed, he says that all the you know powdered detergents for for washing your clothes were useless unless you bought some from Mexico or someplace where they still left the phosphates in. Huh. And but they found substitutes for all these these detergents but none of them could be made into flakes hmm. that's when the liquid detergent started to show up on the market oh, more and more and it turns okay. out then the guys with no uncertain terms i tell people this too and no uncertain terms says do not buy powdered uh, clothes detergents because it's got no nothing going for it it's 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 feeble, huh. but the liquid stuff is very you know is still as good as it's ever been. But it's but the reason that it's liquid oh, is because okay. some of these chemicals cannot be you know the they, detergent they was made, made so you could dry it out form. and you could flake it and make yeah. it into a. Yeah. But uh, the liquid stuff is chemicals that you can't do that with. So, so that's why it's in. So it wasn't just a marketing exercise. It was actually the other way around, where a client comes in and says, "We've got to go to liquid." Right. No, it was not. It was. It was done for practical reasons. But the public generally doesn't know this, and they still buy the powder. <laughs> I don't buy powder, man. I'm liquid all the way. Anyway, so that's on that list. So that was just a bitch about this dishwasher. Then that would go. Let me go down the rest of the list. Okay. Top of the list: tongue. Tongue, as in uh, something you ate or something you I received. Cooked, I cooked tongue over oh. the over the weekend. <laughs> okay. Uh, how was it? You know, I hadn't cooked it for about 25 years because I used to cook it every so often. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't realize how long you have to cook it. Um, it's a serious so, piece of meat. I mean, a, a, a proper tongue can, you know, how many ounces is that? It's pretty big, but yeah. it's like the point, I think it was like two pounds or something like Big three crap. pounds maybe yeah, yeah. yeah but the thing was it i you know was it just i didn't cook it long I, even though the recipe is very because i'm trying to remind myself how i did it before and so i cooked it for an hour and 15 minutes which is just a joke now, how, how did you cook it did you uh boil, i i yeah, boiled tongue boiled, yeah okay now uh but then so you, I, but, I but after the boiling you take it out and what you just sear it or you just serve it completely no no boiled? no you don't have to oh. uh, you just pull off the skin and then you slice it thin and put some like the various kinds of maybe sauces on like a tomato sauce a light tomato sauce would be good mm-hmm. but anyway the uh, so I left it I put it back in there and cooked it for another 10 hours huh. and uh, then it was good but it yeah. was too late you know because you know the <laughs> it got dried was out by then probably mm. so that's my tongue story Anyway, what, was it uh, before you before you continue? Was it um, from one of your named animals? Did this come from the from the big freezer? No. Oh, you just bought it tongue came from the, the Chinese uh, Ranch Ninety Nine places. We're only pushing get tongue now. It's in a Chinese butcher. Hmm. Off the rack. Hmm. Disappointed. 
Yeah, well, I just wanted to get the recipe down. I, we're next time we order an animal, I'm going to make sure we get the tongue, and then I'll cook it right. Was it a good tongue? You sure it wasn't a tongue malfunction? I was thinking of that was a possibility, but then after having cooked it another ten hours, I realized it was me, not the tongue. <laughs> okay. Next on your list of jolly notes, which was Obama, which we talked about. I did get yeah. that. Yeah. And here's one that's interesting. Uh, I wrote this down: glassware mess. Glassware mess. <laughs> so uh, like Karnak. <laughs> well, yeah, glassware mess. Uh, what is... <laughs> I, I give up. Glassware mess. So I'm looking in my, in my cabinet. I, I realized this when I was visiting somebody recently, and I, I think there's two types of personalities in the world. Okay. And one of them ha- collect, you know, just has a... If you open up their... C- cupboard you find all kinds of glass i have like you know cups from you know from netsuite ibm microsoft it's just a mess the, the glassware is i mean i do mm-hmm. have you know sets of wine glasses but they're mixed in with a bunch of half you know set that's half broken i kept the one glass because it was one of my favorites and mm-hmm. you know so i got a glass you know original crystal from someplace you know i one piece left and it gets chipped mm-hmm. anyway so the whole cabinet i was at somebody's house and i opened their cabinet up to get a glass and I noticed that they had you know it was kind of neat they had kind of the matching glassware and then there was a bunch of crap just like mine and then you go to somebody's house and you open the cabinet and all the glasses and cups all all aligned all perfectly right and there's no oddballs there's no screwball ones there's no commemorative glasses there's none from the winery there's none of the cups that you get at work there's nothing but something that you bought and and I'm thinking this is an what is the difference and is it better to go one? Because I, I hate the fact that I have this mess of glassware, but I can't bring myself to throwing away these valuable cups. Well, um, I think this what is do probably. You have? Do you, you, I get the feeling you have an organized cups, all from the same. You all look the same, and all the glasses look the same. You would be uh, severely disappointed, or perhaps you'd be very happy. I don't know. We uh, we are exactly the same as you. You open up our cupboard, and it's it's uh, the problem. Well, not the problem is. Uh, we've gotten lots of, you know, beautiful silverware, which was, you know, wedding gifts, um, you know, crystal, you name it. What we do is we use it. So we just put it on the shelf with all the other stuff. And, uh, dude, you were talking about your, you know, I still have a mug from WITB-FM, which is yeah, the college, get rid of that? college station. No, you can't. It's indestructible. It also won't break. Um, when we moved to New York, uh, we stayed in the, the Mayflower hotel for the first, um, I think six weeks that we were in New York and then we got an apartment and we still have, uh, glasses from the, from the Mayflower hotel. (laughs) These, 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 um, the, the kinds they bring you in kind of these New York mid range, mid to upper range hotels that just that indestructible glassware, you know, it's the the one they have the plastic over. It's usually a water glass that they put the plastic over when they bring it up on the on the little trolley. We must have still five of those, and I know we had ten or fifteen. Um, you stole glasses from the hotel? Yeah, and sheets, everything, sheets, glasses. Sheet. Actually, the uh, the maid gave it to Patricia. She's like, "Here, take all this. I won't tell anyone." Because <laughs> we'd been living there for like six six weeks, you know. Uh, um, yeah, I guess have to. But I wonder if that's if that's just a different type of. I bet you people who have that type of glassware, or that type of setup, or everything all neat in the cupboard, uh, they have uh, probably other neatness traits throughout their uh, home and other spots. I would bet. 
Well, I'm reminded of a friend of mine who will go nameless who lives down in Woodside. But there's a bunch, I know a lot of people that live in Woodside, which is yeah. one of the ritzier communities John on the Dorr. West Coast. John Dorr would live in Woodside, doesn't he? <laughs> it's about John, John Dorr. There we go. No, okay. I think, I think John Dorr lives in San Francisco, to be honest about no, it. No, no, no. I think last, he lives. No, I think he's in Last time I, well, he might, but last time I looked, I know for a fact he lived in San Francisco. Well, let me go look at my Christmas card from John and the family. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, whatever, whatever the case is, there, I they're just friend of mine, and the house, and you, you run into these houses too, which is, of course, this is like embarrassing. I mean, I'd actually maybe prefer what I'm going to describe to what I have, which is a, a unsightly mess that needs ser- serious. You know, I need a dumpster to be. You're like an eBay it. warehouse, essentially. Yeah. Well, it's just ridiculous. But I mean, it's just you know, there's I got other things on my, uh, I have other things on my mind rather than picking up the. <laughs> pen that's on the floor anyway so uh do you put empty cartons back into the fridge as well uh you know i used to but i don't anymore <laughs> when did you stop doing that when you were 30 something like that yeah but I, I think when recycling became in because i have a you know you have a bin you have a place to put it but isn't it great you do that and it would automatically wind up in the trash you ever notice that that's amazing to me i love a fridge like that <laughs> So anyway, so I go to this guy's house, and to swear to God, you were in the Four Seasons. Mm. The place had Four Seasons decorations. It was professionally decorated. And mm. the professional decorators, you know, do the Four Seasons, and then they do people's homes. Yeah, sure. And these, the home is like being in the Four Seasons, and it's not the most comfortable place in the world. It's a nice kitchen, you know, and you can kind sit around sterile. Perfect table and eat something. But it's like, uh, it's some, it's, it's, I find it peculiar. Mm. People who do that, you mean? I, I've known people, um, I love this, um, in uh, South Jersey. Uh, Patricia and I used to go hang out a lot. Uh, there were a couple of guys there, and they were having some uh, minor success producing some rock bands. Uh, you know, when Jersey was really, South Jersey particularly was really hot with Bon Jovi and Skid Row and those guys. And we go down there, and so they were all near Tom's River. If you, you, have you ever been down there, Tom's River area? Never. Okay. So, you know, you, you go to their house, and so, you know, of course, they have some shack, and that's a studio, but their house, and they've got, you know, their moms living there, of course, but then there's uh, mom's mom, and then uh, um, Pastor Frank, Father Frank stops by, you know, the, the, the local priest, and, uh, and the Italians as well, so there's always lots of food, and but their interior, they literally went to... I'm thinking, uh, what, what's the name of it? Levitt's, Levitt's Furniture, and just said, I'll take the whole thing, including the mirror that you have up there and that fake uh, plant for the table, I'll take the whole thing. And they literally put that into the living room as it was in the showroom. <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, uh, yeah, it's well, easy it's for easy. people. They don't have to think about it. That, that makes sense. Well, whatever the case is, I find it distressing to walk into the Four Seasons in someone's home. <laughs> you know, you just, uh, I don't know. Well, you've never been to my home, so we have elements of both. We have... Um, the well, you've got the, the money. you got the money. Yeah, but it, I think that makes a difference. It, does, it doesn't make any difference. No, no, it makes all the difference in, in the world. In fact, if you, if you like uh, contemporary uh, design and architecture, you don't need any money. You just need, like, you know, some Good bricks. Taste. <laughs> no, I, look at look at modern architecture, man. Have you ever seen these wash basins? These they look like a trough. You ever well, seen you know, that? The one that gets me is not that wash basin that looks like the trough, but the trendier one, which is the bowl that's the yeah. sink. Yeah. And, and, and 
and the bowl is on a, like a piece of granite and it's glued down there. And I, as soon as I look at those things, and even though I'm not a neat freak by any means, they I think, how break do you it clean off. <laughs> the bottom, around the bottom of that thing, it's going to collect grime and dirt yep. and goo and God knows what. Yep. You're never going to get it out. Yep. Why would you want this? I don't know. It's uh, but it's what everybody wants. It's it's all this. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right? of course I do. The, the, look like a salad bowl on uh, sitting there uh, in your, exactly. <laughs> your bathroom. It's like, fucking, what, what, where are the tongs? Salad bowl doing in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Looks n- really nifty with all that glass and metal, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, if you don't use it. <laughs> uh, and they splash. There's this hotel um, in London. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, the Sanderson. And check this out. So. Uh, when we um, announced our deal with British Telecom, we did it in the Sanderson. BT really wanted to do it there. It's a very hip place. But, you know, it's one of these like 700 pound a night jobbies, right? With salad bowls in the uh, in the bathroom. But not just that. It had an egg, John. There was an egg uh, about this, you know, about twice the size of my head just sitting in the room, in the middle of the room. An egg. Just an egg? Just an egg, yeah. And, you know, it, was it, it made of marble? Or yes, what was it oh, well, whatever stone it was, yeah, you trip over it all the time and you could barely move the thing. But it's like, why? You know, what is this? <laughs> Salad bowls, eggs? <sighs> I'm supposed to make my own salad niçoise while I'm up here? So anyway, I have run into those salad bowls that were set up. So if you hit the, you, hit, you turn on the faucet, you don't know how powerful it is. It hits the bowl in such a way it comes yeah, up and, around and it soaks you. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's uh, you know Ron has a place like that in uh, in Miami. That's what is he has a condo, which he spent an enormous amount of time, effort, and money putting together, and it's all like that. You walk in, and everything's white or black or uh, I guess it's uh, granite. Do you have to take your shoes off? No, no. That's another thing. I I know people where you have to take your shoes off. Well, you know, you you do in general. Uh, in our house, everyone takes their shoes off. That's very Dutch. You know, it used to be you take your wooden shoes off at the front door, and then you'd either walk on your uh, uh, on your socks, or most people have a whole array of slippers, and you just choose you know just choose a pair that that happens to be laying around, or you're designated a pair, very much like uh, I guess uh, some Asian countries. But that's uh, I I don't know any different. Then even if I go into someone else's home, I actually want to take my shoes off because it's very customary. Hmm. You don't. You obviously don't. Not in your own. Not in your own home. No. Hmm. No. In fact, if you don't have your shoes on, you risk damage <laughs> because of the pen laying around that you were too. Oh, the pen. There's a bunch of power <laughs> supplies. You can kick one of them, and man, that hurts. <laughs> I got, you know, dude, on my next trip out, I want to come to your casa. I want to see your place. Yeah, I want to see your place. It'll be fun. Yeah. My wife wouldn't put up with it. So, uh, (laughs) because she knows now that you just come over to ridicule it. No, no, that's not true. And I haven't met your wife either, which of course is is outrageous. Mm -hmm. Nor have you seen my home or met my wife. Maybe it's better that way. Yeah, it could be. So, uh, but I would like to, you have a, a lot of people don't really, you have that stove. I do want to visit your place to mm. cook on that thing. The Aga. I've always wanted to cook on it. Yeah, the Aga. And, You'll and like Aga. it. Yeah. People that listen in here, you should go check it out on the internet, Aga. It's a weird stove that has, you have to learn a whole different way of cooking to even use the thing. Anyway, let's go back to my list. Yeah, that's not entirely true that you have to learn a whole new way of cooking to learn how to use the Aga. Okay. I don't have one, so I don't know, but that's what I read somewhere. Aga.com. A-G-A.com. 
Maybe we can get a free one by plugging them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> Another 2,000 pound cast iron stove in my life. That's what I need. Yes. Back to the okay. list. Ar- Argentine ants. Uh, okay. I heard you earlier say you were killing ants, so I have to think it's related to you have ants in your pants. There's ants all over the place. The problem with California, of course, is we have ants. And there are a lot of people who realize know that. that the. the the ants that have taken over California some decades ago are called Argentine ants, and they're from South America. Mm. And they're, they're little guys. They don't bite. They're not a problem. But the weird thing about them is that co- they're a collective, and there's one of the, it's the only ant breed that if I'm an ant in hive in an ant hole number 45, you know, five blocks from here, and somebody comes and flushes out the ant hole and kills all the ants except me, I can wander over and just join a different group. Oh, so they're, they're uh, intersocial. Yeah, and so they don't kill each other like a lot of these ants. Oh, this ant is not from our group. Let's kill him. Hmm. Uh, which makes the ants even more annoying. Now, how did they get uh, here if they're Argentine? Or does that just the I name? Think they did, just cre- no, I think they, <laughs> they, they just crept here. I think they, either somebody brought them up in an ant farm or, or they worked their way up. I mean, it's Are they possible. destructive? Do they, do they eat I, through stuff or do they just make a mess? No, they, they, they're, you know, like all ants, they clean up the fact, you know, if you got a crumb somewhere, they find it and take it with them. Or if there's a drop of oil, you know, if this is, if they're in the oil eating mood, they get either in a sugar eating mood or an oil eating mood, depends on the time of the year. Mm. And then they, but the problem is, is when you run into you, what you want to do is you want to have them attack something. So you leave like a chicken bone out or something in the sink and you hope that they go for it. And then you let it build long enough so you can see where the heck they're coming in. Yeah. Then you take a vacuum cleaner and you wipe and them you all suck out and them find out. that spot and spray Oh, oh! Handy extermination tips from John C. Dvorak. Well, it's kind of embarrassing if somebody sees this line of ants. But but the thing that's interesting <laughs> is that for some reason, over the last few weeks, I just have random ants. They're looking around. They're scouts, hmm. but I can't figure out where they're coming from. They show up, and there's an ant on the counter, and there he goes. And I smash him, and hope maybe another ant sees him smash and takes back the message that right. the ants are being smashed. Bad place. Not, yep. Don't want to go hang out. Yeah. Have they moved your pen yet, or is that not? uh... Uh, The pen. I picked it up a minute ago. (laughs) You know, uh, just staying on the on the ant story uh, on animals. You know, uh, um, a news story on uh, AOL news.aol.com caught my eye. Have you noticed that there's a lot of really big uh, marine life coming to the surface as of late? Well, there's a lot of dead areas now in the oceans too, which is really distressing. Well, you read about that? Well, no, but I am seeing an 11 foot shark. I'm seeing a gigantic uh, starfish. I'm seeing huge squid. I mean, I'm seeing jellyfish that are like twice the size of, of a human being. You know, what is happening? I don't know. And, and, I think and, it needs to be looked into. Well, and also that, you know, there's all these strange creatures coming up from the depth. It's like, it's, you know, it's a, I got to show you this picture. I, I should send this to you. There's a guy, what is he? Maybe an earth a, a life-threatening volcano is about to blow. Well, so here's this guy, Karl Smolinski, and he's in Germany, in Eberswalde. He, he, he bred a 20-pound rabbit, John. You should see this thing. The guys, hold this on to it. It's like, like a, a fucking dog. story that was on the internet. <laughs> no, it's... No, no. <laughs> is this the guy holding that big phony baloney rabbit that's been photoshopped? Come on. No, you, you, that's AOL, man. It's news. It's true. It can't be false. 
That looks real. Yeah, <laughs> it looks real. You can do that. That's what Photoshop's good for. It looks real. And the Thai catfish, 646 pounds. Well, hey, that's... That's pretty no, no, crazy. 23-pound no. lobster. <laughs> oh, man. What's going on? Are these the, just the granddaddies that are now coming up for the surface? Because there's a reason to? The Cheney. Huh? It's because of Cheney. <laughs> because of Cheney. The, the brotherhood is coming to get him. <laughs> yeah, for real. What did I see Cheney well, on? I saw Cheney on... Um, he was being asked something. It was, yeah, yeah, and his response was so... so yeah, it was, it was like... Um, it was about the Iraq war, wasn't it? It wasn't like the... Uh, it was a whole slew of things. It was actually a poorly worded question, but she went on and on, this woman, asking Cheney about this, that, and the other thing. And don't you think that the deaths of the civilians, and blah, 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 and Cheney looks at her and smirks and goes, So? So? I don't care what people think. I'm, they're not the boss of me. That's, that's literally the way it sounded. I know. Oh, my goodness. That guy's a... That guy's a... Uh, something... Uh, All right, back to my list. I'm sorry. There's more. But wait. But wait. Vasectomies. Uh, that must have been for uh, your list of items to discuss on Twit. <laughs> <laughs> that surely was not for this that's program. Then let me make a note. Adam is funny. It's, Thank you. That's at 9. What was the time? 10.03. 10.03. I finally got it out. That's right. After we 61 minutes. <laughs> we got a joke out of it. What are the topics on Twit today, man? Do you know what they are yet? I don't know. You know, I don't even look at the topics until I do the show. Mm. Um, that's why, that's why people listen, by the way. You know, I'm convinced. So I'll give you my analysis. Then we'll get back to your list of vasectomy. First of all, you're, in, you're an interesting guy. You're interesting to listen to. And you have a lot of experience, certainly more than I have, in, in a very diverse um, number of fields. And I think that people hear that when they listen to Twit. I certainly always have, or Cranky Geeks. And, and they just want to hear more. You know, it's kind of like, I'm going to sit on, you know, Grandpa John's lap, and I'm going to listen to some fun, cool stories. Let and me tell you, kids, when yeah, I was a kid, they you. didn't have rocks. <laughs> Except in our soup. Uh, that's why. Well, that's why. Well, I, that's why. I that's think what happens when you get older. Yeah. So um, nothing wrong with anyway, it. Anyway, so what happens with Twit? You go to delicious d e l i c i o dot u s slash twit, and that's the list of news stories that we talk about. And anyone can go look at the list. You don't even have to listen to the show. Um, delicious anyway, so slash slash twit. Yes, yeah, slash twit. Okay. D E. You know how to D E dot. You don't have to do that. I found out. You can just do -E delicio dot us, and it works. Oh, that's the hardest URL to to, to remember. <laughs> well, it's always you're always breaking it down. It's a D E L I. Oh, no, yeah. it's D E L I C I O dot us. Yeah, that's it. All right. So uh, vasectomies. Not interestingly, not in the twit tags on delicious. Uh, so anyway, I was listening to this uh, comic, Doug Stanhope. Which I'm gonna, I'll make a copy of this and uh, off the uh, HBO and give it to you next time you're in town. You should oh, watch thanks. it. Yeah. Uh, although, but anyway, he talks about how he had a vasectomy. He's kind of young for that, but whatever. But uh, I had this book, and it reminded me of this. I, I told people this. I can look at a guy and tell if he's had a vasectomy. 
Really? Uh, but his, his face, the face. And I'm not talking about, you know. You're hey, t- okay, you wait a minute. Let me, here, let me just get this straight. Let me just get this straight. <laughs> so amongst your many talents, and remember, John has worked for oil companies. He's a master chef. He's a wine connoisseur. He's a technology expert. He used to hand deliver PC Magazine to all 30,000 subscribers. Bowler, too. Not, not only that, but you can tell just by looking at a guy's face whether he's had a vasectomy or not. Yeah. Okay. Now, how I got clued into this, let me back up a little bit. Oh, please do. I had this, I had, (laughs) oops, ouch, (laughs) the, uh, backed up too far. So, um, I had this book and I've just irked to no end that I've lost this book. Although I think I might be able to find it in one of the library searches that Google and Microsoft are doing. I think it's still around. It was a book done in the twenties and in the 1920s, a book on health in the 1920s, vasectomies were used as a way of making people look more youthful. It was actually a, it wasn't for birth control. It was done by which I, it was done for the purposes of, uh, like instead of a facelift, you'd get a vasectomy really? and it would make you look younger. And they showed all these pictures in this book. Huh. And, uh, and I looked at these pictures and I looked at enough of them. And then I knew enough guys who had vasectomies that I look at that and I could see what it does. It makes for some reason, and it does, you know, I talked to people about this, whether well, it says it makes no sense because all it does is this and that, how could it do what you're describing? I'm just saying in the twenties, Vasectomies were used as a youth serum. Hmm. People get a vasectomy and they look younger uh, by a little bit. But in fact, they didn't look younger. They look different. They and it makes your face a little puffier and a little more. It's a little softer. It's kind of hard to describe. But I'm telling you the truth. I have seen, and I've asked, actually done this with friends that I, you know that have had vasectomies and just without coming. I said, I just look at them and say, "You've had a vasectomy, right?" And the guy said, uh, 99% of the time, I'm right. Wow. Well, let me think how to respond here for a second, John. It's impossible. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I, I would certainly buy that. I'm th- thinking there must be some kind of chemical reaction or, or balance shift that takes place. Well, definitely some hormonal change yeah. takes place, I yeah. suppose, that yeah. causes this youthful look. Huh. Uh, but it's not really youthful. It's just, it looks to me, it's always a, it's a, it's a kind of a, it does, I don't like the look of the, of that that look it doesn't look right um have you ever considered a uh, vasectomy no no i never i might go with the theory that you know what happens if i'm the last guy on earth you yeah. know kind of thing <laughs> it's unlikely <laughs> but i always hey, i always say your dream <laughs> i always say what, what happens if i meet angelina jolie baby she you know, we don't want to go to africa i want to give her a real kid well, Crazy. she apparently doesn't want your kid well, or anybody else's from what I can tell. No, she's pregnant so, right now. What are you talking about? Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah she's pregnant. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's I'm pregnant. sorry, Angelina. Yeah. <laughs> Who does listen, of course. Yeah, <laughs> we can count her amongst our, our, our treasure trove of listeners. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I would ever consider a vasectomy, but I can consider the headline, you know, vasectomy, the new Botox for guys. I could see that. Yeah, well, I, I got to dig this re- reference up because I keep bringing up people think I'm just, I must have dreamed it, but it's not true. I This health book was quite interesting, as a matter of fact, and I'm just sick that I lost it. Well, there's was all this crazy stuff from the 20s. Yeah, well, uh, you know, in the it was in the 1800s uh, that women would go to the doctor, um, 18 and 1900s. I would, no, I'm sorry, it's probably early 1900s. Women would go to the doctor, and the doctor had all kinds of, um, let's call them tools, that he would use on uh, his patient, because uh, basically what they needed was just one massive orgasm. 
And the doctor would would go take care of it. And you see in a lot of popular popular culture throughout the years, and certainly the the Wild West, you know, the doctor is usually uh, a very you know uh, stunning, dapper young man. Either that, or is a really old guy. Uh, but he's usually a, a dapper, you know, stunning single guy, and all the women in uh, in town love him. There's all kinds of stuff that uh, that I'm sure you can do to your body that will change how you feel or how you look. Getting laid yeah. helps, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Well. So, anyway, so that's my vasectomy thing. I just came up and I was just thinking about it, and I was noticing this comic. Although he actually had just barely had the look, he's a little young, and so when you're really young and you already look, you, you already look young. It's not, it's when people are in their late fifties or, or I guess in their fifties mm-hmm. that is more noticeable. Uh, and I've actually run into a bunch of guys who are older and they had their three kids and they're going to have the vasectomy because the wife wants. I always think there's something sick about that. By the way, the wife wants the it. The wife wants it. Yeah, that's that doesn't yeah, sound very The wife wants healthy. it and maybe cut your balls off too while she's at it. Yeah. So. Um, Give you fucking tube to piss out of here. So the, <laughs> so the guy has the thing, you know, and I've actually talked to him. I've talked, why? You know, I, I, I've never been able to talk anybody out of getting one. But uh, whatever. If people want to do it, it's fine. What difference does it make to me? Anyway, next on the list. Dogs eat scraps. Dogs eat scraps. Um, you have a dog? I've got a bunch of dogs. Okay, I would say it's probably related to that then. <laughs> Did they eat the tongue? Is that it? They, they had to eat I that had gnarly little- tongue you made? I had a little, yeah, actually they did. The tongue was, I kept the tongue in the big pot, uh, chopped it up, threw in a bunch of rice and some pasta and stuff and just cooked it, uh, cooked it till the rice filled the, took, soaked up everything and the, the dogs ended up with it. Mm. The, uh, dogs eat scraps. The, uh, there was a story about how some, there's some dog hotel where they feed dogs three meals a day and it's like, you know. They, oh yeah, one of those, and, yeah. I had a dog. I, my dog. One of my dogs had to have an operation, so I t- took the dog to the vet, and they had to cut a growth off the dog. And I mentioned this to the vet, who was kind of surprised because they're you know they have all these expensive dog foods. We rarely feed our dog dog food except when you're really you know can. Produce it's not. It's not scraps. good for them too. It's uh, it's too salty. So. There's all kinds of crap That's, in there. Who knows what's in there? Half of it's dog, <laughs> dog horse, and other stuff. So anyway, the, uh, so I had a, an American Eskimo, also known as a Spitz, mean little white dog that um, lived to be 25. Hey, now. Uh, and the two keys to his long life were, one, scraps, and he didn't get a lot of exercise. <laughs> you, you are the, uh, the ASPCA's dream. My friend, <laughs> you are the poster child right there. Feed your, oh, feed your dog scraps and don't walk him. <laughs> He'll live forever. <laughs> did he move at all? Did, did he bark? He yard. Did... I mean, you know, he could do what he wanted, but <laughs> the fact of the matter is he lived to be 25. Yeah. Our pets last a long time too. We've got a, we have one dog left now after that, no more dogs. We've decided because it's just too much of a responsibility, you know, for traveling and stuff. And our Yorkie is now 15 and still alive and kicking. And it's, of course, oh, that, that's, Yorkies. it's not even a dog, that's, really. Yorkies have got, a, you got another five years. No, 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 no. Yorkies don't last that long, man. They're like 12, no. 13 years. No, Yorkies are very yeah. short. Very, we, this is our second Yorkie, if you can believe it. How old did the other one go? Uh, he went to about, uh, yeah, I think it was about 11 or 12. Uh, we had mm-hmm. a cat that, um, 
that I had when I was a bachelor. He was 24. Wow. Yeah, we had to That's put him. Long. We had to we had to put him down. He, and he wouldn't die. They give him two shots. His, <laughs> I'm not kidding. His heart wouldn't stop. It was. Oh man, I loved him. His name was Dickhead. He was he was fantastic. Well, you should have stuffed him. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. Um, we were watching. It was uh, Friday night with Jonathan Ross. It's a big talk show once a week, Friday evening here. And uh, they had that German guy on. In fact, he had a series, which I think was on in the States as well, where he uh, he basically deconstructs the human anatomy. And now he's doing art. And he's figured out some process where he'll take human organs. And so he actually, you know... T- uh, strips the skin off but he'll leave the muscle tissue intact oh, right, right, right. and it that plastifies horrible, it or whatever it is all over the place yeah and and it, it it becomes plastic and hard and it doesn't decay any further and um and patricia's sitting there she's going like that's fantastic <laughs> she, that's what you have to do with me when i died oh, you, you gotta be, and then you can put me in the corner i said yeah i'll have you bent over <laughs> in the permanent bent over position she said yeah that's no problem just keep me like that. That's kind of spooky. It's totally creepy. Yeah. But you could do that with your animals. Yeah. Better than stuff. I don't like this. I don't like stuffing. Uh, that, that, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. If you ever seen taxidermy, it just like, ugh, kind of creeps me out. Well, what does I don't know? Um, okay, back to the list. Wait, you still have more on this list? You want me to stop? Yeah, little little. Let's, in, let's do an intermezzo. It's about you, okay? So don't worry. Hey, Adam, Chris here from Seattle, and uh, I uh, have a comment for you for the No Agenda show. I just can't believe how cavalierly you and John throw things out and then never make mention of any details. One of which being, John owns a deli in Washington State. Would I like to go to that? Hell yes. <laughs> Would I like to go see what a cranky geek does in his deli? Oh, absolutely. So I uh, just wondering if you could like let us know where that is so we can patronize John at uh, patronize him. Uh, at Kelly, we'd love to go there. What is it? Yeah. Thanks. Love the show. Well, if you, okay, John, if you want it people to patronize a, you, it's basically a spice shop, and it's in Port Angeles, Washington, on I think Front or whatever street. Where's one of those business cards? I have a cool business card. By Amongst the way, all your many deli. business cards, John, of all your uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. It's a cool business card because I gave myself the time. My wife runs it. I gave myself the and she's become a spice nut. And uh. we've got some wild stuff. We're bringing in stuff from Ethiopia now. We're going to put up a website that lets people experiment because some of these spices, you obviously, you know, I don't know, who, you don't know what they use them for, but I figure they have some use. And fusion has never really gone from Africa into French cuisine. It's usually always, you know, let's mix Japanese with French and let's mix Chinese with Italian. But nobody's ever thought of going to Ethiopia. So we have all these spices. And by the way, some of the best spice uh, purveyors in the world are out of London. We have to have the stuff brought in from England. Well, hold on uh, a second, John. Let me just interrupt you. What are you now? A deli or a spice shop? And what is the difference? It's a deli because it has a sandwich shop. You can buy deli stuff, but it's essentially, but a real orientation is toward these screwball spices from all over huh. the place. And I'm telling you, some of the stuff is, and we also, I think, have one of the, or she recently picked up one of the, I think one of the best herbs de Provence mixes I've ever had, even in France. Uh. Unbelievably nice. So I, so you want me to bring some stuff over next time? I can make a short little hop to anywhere in London. I can pick something up for you. Maybe. 
<laughs> it has to be a wholesale by a lot, and it has to oh. be large amounts. I don't know. Yeah. If you think you're having trouble getting into the country now, yeah, come in with a bunch of marjoram <laughs> and see how how well you do. I'm telling you, it's for cooking, dude. Really, it's not for smoking. <laughs> but let me, while we're talking about it, let me give it a shot. So okay, all right, back to yes. your list. Okay, Santuku. I think that's the name of it. Santuku. Santuku Ross, actually. Uh, that would be a wine? No, so it's a knife. It's a, it's a, and I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it right. But it's that crazy-looking Japanese knife that's got kind of the bend at the top and it's really flat. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a competitor to a French chef's knife. Mm-hmm. And people are using them all the time now for just general cooking. And so I was at Ross, which is a discount place, and they carry a bunch of housewares. And they had these KitchenAid Santuku knives that were actually pretty nice. And they were $12. So I saw the exact same knife uh, in one of the... It actually was an outlet mall for one of the big brands, and it was the exact same knife, and it was discounted to eighty five dollars. Wow! And so I'm thinking, and this knife is good; it's rings, it's sharp. And so I'm thinking, you know, how much of this? What kind of markup are we dealing with? And it was finally brought home with I. This is another thing; it's kind of embarrassing, and the kids hate it. And my wife is a big fan, but I go to the dollar cheap I, the original kind not the not the chain of dollar stores but there's like the real mom and pop dollar stores that there's one in El Cerrito California that is run by Chinese right out of Taiwan and it's like everything's a dollar and so it's, I always it's go, still a dollar you can still buy all the products for a dollar so I so I go in there and there's these these really big handled thick blade steak knives two of them <laughs> And there's a big old French steak knife style, two of them for a dollar, 50 cents a piece. So I said, well, this is going to be my steak knives because I'm looking for steak knives all the time. So I buy, you know, eight, ten of them. So within, I don't know, within the last year, I go to this place. It was another one is a Williams and Sonoma or some place. It wasn't them, but it was one of these kinds of places. They had the exact same knife <laughs> from, obviously from China. And they were like, how much? There was a set of, a set of four for $24. Mm. So what, how much of this do you think is going on where you, I'm dealing with a 50 cent product that they're making money on? I think that, I think it's all around us, man. Uh, and it's the, everything. And you walk across the street and there's the same 50 cent item that they're making money on at 50 cents selling for what? Uh, six, five bucks. Well, probably what happened is is all these companies that were, you know, were selling knives, uh, switched their production to China, and obviously didn't lower the prices. You know, it's just it just got cheap. I think. Do they work? Do they snap off uh, right there? No, the- these knives are absolutely outstanding. Oh, you know where I found the one? I found one copy of these of this Santuku knife at Target. Which does bring all their stuff over China. The exact same knife as this KitchenAid one I paid twelve bucks for. Exactly the same, and only it had some brand on it. And I'm not going to remember which brand it was, but it was one of the big boys, one of the German knife companies. Mm. And it was like this knife was eighty bucks. Well, that's what brand does for you. I mean, what do you think about clothing? Just yeah, because, just because it, it takes your money. Yeah. Well, thank you. Have you seen the branded clothes kids wear today? You know, Abercrombie and Fitch. Do you, do you think that's worth two hundred and fifty dollars? That, you know, the a sweater? No. It's only because it has Abercrombie on it. That's what well, brand I is. Like I just have it on the list because I felt like it was something to complain about. <laughs> okay. 
I'm telling you, there's 50 cent knives. I average, of course, now because I'm like a cheap tightwad. But every time I bring the knife, unfortunately, every time I bring the knife out at a dinner and somebody's there, I have to go through the story, you know, which I just, you know, I, John, know, John, I understand. Can you shut up? No, I really understand. I really do. I, I'm like that with everything. When I know the actual price that's, that it costs to get something onto the shelves, it pisses me off to pay, you know, a thousand percent premium on it. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. My wife's that way with the spices, by the way. We have a lot of, uh, she brought in a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of bakers up in this neck of the woods. And so we brought in all these sprinkles, all these kind of crazy things people like to put on top of cupcakes. Mm-hmm. And we buy them by the, you know, 10 pounds at a pop. And it turns out that you buy those little bitty jars and they're like three bucks. You can buy like pounds of this stuff for three bucks. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, have you ever uh, tried Hachelslach? That's the Dutch, uh, what do they call them? Sprinkles or jimmies, maybe they used to call them. It's little chocolate, uh, like rat turds, more like mouse turds, really. Yeah. Yeah, we have, I guess you have those. In, uh, in oh. Holland, uh, people in the morning, uh, breakfast will consist of um, a, a you know, piece of bread, uh, spread butter on it, and then spread these uh, chocolate uh, sprinkles over them, and that's breakfast. They might do the same with cheese or you know, have a couple of different ones, but um, that's, uh, huh. yeah, it's, it's, and I can get you tons of that stuff for next to nothing. <laughs> hey man, want to buy some chocolate jimmies? I got tons of it. You know the thing that fascinates me about some of this craziness in that area of the world is they if you have a hot dog in Denmark, they have this like crunchy, I think it's f- fried garlic or something that's in little pieces that you can dump on the dog. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? No, I've I've never been to, to Denmark dogs. actually. Oh, you know, well, if you go to a hot dog stand in Co- in Copenhagen, yeah. uh, they have you know these, these hot dog stands all over the place, and they have these different condiments, yeah. and one of them is this kind of uh, it looks like grape nuts, mm. which is a it's cereal, but it's not grape nuts. It's it's pieces little pieces of what I believe is a uh, dried air dried garlic, and uh, it's very tasty. It's crunchy. Well, I think in general, um, the concept of what is a hot dog is understood differently <clears throat> by uh, by all other you know all different cultures. You know, even to what the actual dog part is is. Uh, in fact, in some countries, it is dog, as far as I know. <laughs> Maybe, but uh, so one of my yeah. talking about this now. We got this subject because we got to wrap this show up for God's sake. But I, since we're on that subject of hot dogs, if anybody goes to Toronto. Toronto has some of the best street hot dogs in the world. Maybe, I think, far superior to New York. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe the best anywhere. And this, generally, last time I looked, uh, the, the, at least a lot, when I haven't been to Toronto for a number of years, but every time I go there, I always just track down one of these these carts. And they're carts just like in New York. They're all over the place. Uh, Shopsies was the big brand at the time. And uh, they have a, a, a inexpensive dog. It's you know, a couple of dollars or a buck and a half it used to be, but now it's probably whatever you know the exchange rate and it's probably fifty dollars but <laughs> anyway the uh it, it's a it's a it's a it's a big dog and it's and it's served on the same kind of a sesame it's like a sesame or a I can't remember. I think it's a sesame roll that's that's got some yellow coloring it's just very rich looking and it's a high quality dog but the interesting thing is is that's what got me into using pep they have they have their condiment rack and one of the things they like to use is pepper rings which by the way are almost impossible to get 
uh, in the west on the west coast since we use jalapenos instead. But these pepper oh. rings, and you just load up like as if it was sauerkraut. <laughs> you load up with these pepper rings, and it's just a delicious product. <laughs> John, that is un-American. <laughs> you, you need to stop doing that immediately. Yeah. Anyway, that's my hot dog thing. I, I'm a big fan of the street vendor. Uh, the best street food I ever had was in Thailand, I'd have to say, in um, up north in uh, Chiang Mai. There's just mm. some amazing... In fact, uh, you eat everything on uh, on the street in Thailand, unless you're a, you know, a real tourist staying in a, a hotel. Uh, everyone else just eats on the street. You know, a little table set up. God, I got to go back there. That was a lot of fun. It's probably more crowded now. Not up north. No one goes up north. Although I was really disappointed. I remember we were do- I was doing a documentary... Um, and uh, part of the journey was up to Chiang Mai and then even higher, Shanghai, And that's where the Long Neck tribe is. You familiar with this, uh, with this tribe? No. It's the women who have uh, rings around their neck and their necks are really elongated because it, it, okay. it's done at early age. I'm sure I've you've seen, seen the pictures. Seen, yeah, you've seen pictures. Yeah, and there's all kinds of myths that if they take the rings off, their necks would actually snap and you know, <laughs> right. stuff like that. I remember that, that when I was a kid. I remember that <laughs> yeah. one. So we're like, we're going to go visit them, right? And I'm like, okay. And that's, that's, you know, up near the Burmese border. So it's actually kind of that, you know, a a relatively uh, unstable area in general because of the opium trade. And, uh, you know, so, and it's like, you know, from Shanghai, it was probably like a five or six hour journey by Volkswagen bus, you know, on pretty much uh, non-developed roads. And I, and I was like, wow, man, we're really going somewhere. You know, we even had a, a police escort was going to pick us up somewhere near the border and they were going to carry on with us. And, and I'm like, you know, this is some place that not a lot of people go to. And then all of a sudden we stop and there's this billboard, not just a sign, but like a billboard. And it said, long necks this way, <laughs> with a big arrow <laughs> pointed towards the road. I'm like, okay, I have a feeling it's going to be a little different than I expected. That was for beer though, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> Get you some Bud Long Necks. You know, we bought the domain name Bud.com for uh, for a case of Long Necks uh, sign- uh, autographed by August Bush. Really? There's a story for you. Yeah, when we, uh, Budweiser was the first company um, with our previous uh, company. It was OnRamp still then before it became Think New Ideas. And uh, a guy named Bob McCauley called us out of the blue. We didn't even have the practice yet. We were trying to do something different. And he said, hey, and would you, you know, he basically said, would you build a website for us? And we said, yeah, hell yeah. And uh, so they wanted Bud.com. And this guy had it. And he was, you know, he was really like a fan of Budweiser. And uh, so, you know, we said, well, we're your internet guys. So we'll negotiate on, uh, on your behalf. We have some experience. Of course, I went through the whole MTV.com thing. And uh, until we talked to the guy, and he's like, "Well, if you get me a case of long neck signed by August, <laughs> it's like you got a deal, buddy." <laughs> and that was the transaction. Wow, cool! Yeah, yeah, that's a good story. Internet lore there for you. All right, <laughs> signed by August. I think yeah, we should no, uh, wrap this one up, John. By the way, that guy should know if he's ever listened to the show that that was probably worth a million dollars. Um, I just lost reefer.net, which was close to bud.org, but that's a different story. I don't think yeah, we should wrap it up. I think we're done. I don't think it's worth a million bucks. I think most domain names today, really, really good ones are about between fifteen and $30,000. I think that's what well, they're that's, really worth. Yeah, that's typical. But if you got one, I know that there's, a, there's still every so often one sells for a mil. Yeah. Because somebody really has to have it. And strangely enough, we still don't go to search.com. We don't go to email.com. So no, what's the value, you know? 
What's well, the value? The art.com guys, I know, uh, paid a million for theirs. You know, I had that guy on my show, not to just the last anecdote, try to top you here. Uh, <laughs> So I had the guy on the show in the late 90s when I was doing a Silicon Spin. I had the art.com guy on. And I have an art.com hat. Yeah. Anyway, he, he was bragging about spending the million because at the time, this is how crazy things were in the late 90s. At the time, it looked like you knew what you were doing to the venture capital folks when you dropped a million on your dona- domain name. Oh, yeah, it looked good. So we're spending it the right way. We're, we, we, we know what we're going after, the real value out there. I always thought that was fascinating. <laughs> that was it? Yeah. That didn't that top my long necks, man. I'm sorry. No, it didn't. You win. <laughs> uh, let's see. How long did we do it this uh, this week? We held out for... Uh... Oh, man. Way too long. Hey, by the way, you can't really enjoy this program unless you listen to its uh, throwback to the 60s answer record show uh, called Yo Agenda. With, uh, no, the, you shouldn't give these two uh, idiots a plug. You have no. <laughs> it's important because you should listen to that show, John. Because people listen so I poorly. Listen to it once in a while, I mean, because once in, actually they they <laughs> they have some tips in there that are useful, but for the most part, <laughs> it's some moron from England, some other some guy from Poland who just can barely speak English. And you, by the way, buddy, I'm Polish, so get a clue, okay? Uh, so the the point, and he thinks I'm a Czech because I have a Czech name. I do some related. So he so he hates the Czechs, and so he all he does is he cusses it a lot. He's worse than you, and and it's like the worst show. And it's just boring. They blah blah blah. blah. They got nothing to do. It's horrible. Coming to so you. I, I have listened to it a couple of times, mainly just because I'm amused by the by the vitriol. Coming to you from the Curry Manor in uh, Guilford. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak, not too pleased in Northern California. (laughs) We'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda.